Welcome to Positively England with me, Saunders CB. Now this show is being made as part of the FA's 21 Days of Positivity campaign, championing the importance of grassroots football being a positive environment. Because first and foremost, we want people to enjoy the game. Psychologically speaking, it takes 21 days to form new habits, and we want to fill these three weeks with all things positive. The campaign is supported by Nationwide Building Society, and it's all about promoting mutual respect on and off the pitch. So, for this 21-minute podcast, I recruited some amazing footballing co-hosts, and we went to a St George's Park training session to talk positivity with six of our own England men's and England women's players. Joining me in this one and appearing throughout Positively England is the Lioness legend, Karen Carney. And in this episode, we're joined by a player who's been one of the most versatile defenders in the women's senior team since 2016. It's Rachel Daly. So this one was a really interesting chat. We got into how her approach to leadership has changed during her career, the leap of faith she took in traveling to America and playing the game there, and just how different the sport is across the pond. Everyone's going to have an opinion and everyone's going to throw in their two cents of what they think, but ultimately you're the one that's going to be going on that journey for the rest of your time. Playing professionally out there, I think, I think that league's fantastic. The league there is brilliant and, you know, I like the fact that I've got all those challenges. You know, those are the experiences that, again, they make you grow and you can either grow or you can crumble and give up. And I think for me, I'm not the type of person to do that. So in this chat, we're going to be talking about all things positivity. It's part of an FA campaign, we're talking about positivity, grassroots football, and kind of the importance of having that positive mindset as you go through your career. Right. So to do that, we want to start early days. Take okay. us back, where did it all begin? I started by playing on my local boys team called Killing All Nomads. Well, obviously before that, just kicking the ball in the garden and smashing everything in sight. <laughs> um, Killing All Nomads boys team I played on, and then they developed a girls team, I think probably because I was kicking off, saying I couldn't play anymore at 12 years old. And then I went on to play at Leeds Centre of Excellence mm-hmm. um, and just the Leeds regular team. So I was actually playing for like three or four teams at the time. Wow. A couple of games on a Saturday, about six on a Sunday. All 90 minutes? No, there were, there were small, small side games. So yeah, but no, that's where it all started. So go back to when you said you mentioned about 12 years old, a moment where you changed teams. What was that about? Uh, girls weren't allowed to play with the boys anymore. So they had to create a girls team. I think it might have been 11 actually, 11 or 12. There's a few of the girls in the local area that wanted to play as well, so we just created the women's side. Oh, girls' side, I don't think they had a women's team, it's a girls' team. Yeah, it was hard because obviously I just played at a level with the boys and obviously at that age they're way more developed than the girls and it was a lot a lot stronger opponents and things like that. So to go to the girls' side was, was quite hard and leaving all my, my, my mates behind on the boys' side, that yeah. was tough, but something I had to do, so. That's obviously quite a young age to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, what was football for you at that age? Was it, did you know it was going to progress into what it has now or was it still sort of finding your feet more hobby at that? I mean, it was definitely a hobby, but I think I obviously had it insight that that's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't know anything else. I didn't want to do anything else. So it, as much as it was a hobby and I was enjoying myself, I, I knew that that was the path that I wanted to go down. Don't know what it was going to lead to or eventually what it would look like, but that was something that I obviously always wanted to do. What would you say was your, your sole motivators and your role models back then? Who were you looking at? Uh, my family, to be honest. I think obviously it's cliche and everyone says that, but it was, you know, I wouldn't have been half the person or player I am today without them and, you know, getting uh, a kick up the backside from my brother every now and again and booting me into the next door neighbour's garden and things like that, <laughs> I don't think I'd be playing now. And, yeah, they, they, they think they're inspiring me the most and they're what, you know, drive me to do well and, and be successful now. 
So when you were going through the ranks, starting with Leeds, did you experience any setbacks that you thought that challenged your belief in yourself or your belief in where, where you could go in the game? Not really at the younger age. I think it was quite, you know, you were quite free to just sort of play how you wanted to play. It was more of a fun thing. I think things started to get tougher as you got older, to be honest. You know, mm -hmm. I moved to America, I had to make big life decisions. But growing up as a kid playing football, for me, it was just, I was just so free and so happy. Like there was Nothing really stood in my way. And that's, again, it was what I always knew I wanted to do. So, yeah, I don't think anything set me back at that age. I want to go back to that, actually, the idea of going to America. You know, most people didn't have that experience. How was that for you, making that decision? Because it, was it, was it football-based, was it education-based, or was it a bit both? Well, I want to say both, but I really had no ambitions to do more in school. I was never really academic, so I don't know what made me think I want to go back to school. But I think I got to a point in my career, I was playing for Lincoln at the time. Leeds had folded, I went to Lincoln with a bunch of the girls from Leeds. And I played a couple of seasons there and I was just like, I think I'm a bit of a standstill. And I, didn't, I just remember thinking, what can I do now? What else can I do? Like, I want to get into the England senior team and I feel like right now I'm not really pushing myself, I'm not really testing myself. And then I was like, I just went through it. I feel like almost like a midlife crisis at like 18. And I was like, <laughs> well, I need to do something after football. Like, you actually have to start thinking about what you're going to do after. So I was like, maybe I do need an education. And then I just made the decision one day, you know, I, I tapped into the people that I knew in America and just made a decision. To, to just to go and experience it. I went to go visit and see what the school was like and got a bit of a taste of what it was like to live in New York and that was it, sold me. And yeah, I just, it was a big decision and one that probably so many people to this day were still like, why did you go? Like, you shouldn't go. So I think that was probably my biggest big girl moment. I had to make a decision by myself and stick with it. So yeah, it was tough, but it was worth it. No regrets? No. I find this really interesting, especially talking to, to people that have come through sports, is the idea that you kind of grow up so quickly and you start dealing with these really big decisions at such a young age where most people don't have to think about this stuff till 20, 21, mm. 22, even up to their 30s. How do you continue being a young person but also achieve your dream, which obviously comes with a whole deal of, of challenging challenges and uh, pressure? I still feel like I'm 17 now and I'm turned 29 in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so um, I don't think I've ever actually grown up even though I've had to make big decisions. But again, it's a job that, you know, it's you're forever thankful for and it's something if you, if you love something so much and you're so passionate about it not one day goes by where you think oh, this is hard it's like you know you just think about yeah the decisions that you have to make the sacrifices you have to make but ultimately you wanted to do that and so I think you still have to remain free within yourself and, and not take things too seriously I think off the pitch you can't take things too seriously and just try and enjoy your life to the way you want to enjoy it by as, as well as being a professional footballer so yeah I think I just don't take myself too seriously to be honest so talking about those big decisions early in life, I mean, how was that? How was that? Did you have any big experiences or big decisions that you had to make early on? That yeah, I moved away at home when I was just just turned sixteen. Right. So moved away. So that was pretty daunting going out of like secondary school and, and moving away from your family and moving different place. And at twenty one as well, I moved to America, similar to, to Rachel. I was a little bit older, but I think I was, I was even though I was twenty one. I was probably about 18 in my head, so I was quite young um, in that aspect. But yeah, both daunting moments, moving away from people that you know, people that you love in an, an unfamiliar territory. I know for me, when I went in Chicago and kind of looked and saw the, like, the city, and I'm sure Rachel's probably the same in New York, you're like an ant compared to everyone in a massive city like that. So, um, but I think that's where you're at your best when you step out of your comfort zone, when you challenge yourself, when you realise you can do things you didn't think you could do. And I think that's where you grow. I know that's the same for me as about you, Rach. 
Yeah, I think obviously I'm from Harrogate, so it's just a small town and going into <laughs> New York, I was like, what yeah. are all these lights? I've never seen billboards like this. <laughs> yeah. and, and like you say, the skyline, you start seeing things that you've never seen, things are open 24 hours and you're just like, what? Like, a whole new world just opened up that I never thought I'd see. And you, you feel like you're living in a movie, but <laughs> yeah, I think, like Kaz said, I think stepping outside your comfort zone, it, it, especially at that age, is, it's a big risk, but also mm. the reward is so high and, you know, it's a chance that I thought I had to take in order to move forward. And again, I don't look back and regret any of it. I did, so I played at university for three years and the level was a lot lower than what I was used to. It was quite difficult to fit in there a little bit. I was a bit more, I was finding myself getting angry at little things and, you know, but I think I grew so much as a person by that being my role sort of thing was I had to take a step back and sort of how can I educate these girls on my experiences as a player and mm -hmm. how can I get them through and when they're struggling or they're not at their best how can I help them and so I think I took more of a, a back seat on the football side and actually took a role where I was going to help people and you know have them lean on me and, and how can I get the best out of them in order to get the best for me you know if I knew if I was if, if she was giving me the ball I was scoring the goals and so how can I get her on the ball? How can I get her confident? How can I get her wanting to give me the ball and get better for herself? And, you know, we ended up went on and, and winning the Big East, which was our conference and things like that. So it, it ended up being such a fantastic three years, but it was, it was definitely challenging. But I think I needed that in order to grow. And then playing professionally out there, I think, I think that league's fantastic. The league there is brilliant and, you know, it, very different to the league here, but different again, different set of challenges. So it's it's nice for me. So I don't I don't really like being in my comfort zone because I think mm. you get too complacent. So I, I like the fact that I've got all those challenges. That role that you just talked about then that you had in the team was that different to the role that you had within Leeds and Lincoln? Did you sort of become the player that you are now in within that that role change? Yeah, because I think I lent on those people. Like I was playing with Casey Stoney and Sue Smith and players like that, and I was like, oh my god, like. So they were my idols growing up, like looking up to them and, you know, for me, they, they, I had to lean on them and I had to learn from them and, and get that foundation and then I think using my own bit of knowledge and their knowledge that they've given me and tapping into all these different pieces of knowledge and then taking it there was, I think, something that helped me and ultimately helped the programme that I went to as well. So then you've talked about the level being lower than you, you thought it would be going to, into the States. Same sort of pressures though? Yeah, but I think there was different kind of pressures because there was you know, I had school, I had mm. to do, manage my studies as well. You're a full-time student and a full-time athlete. And that's, that in itself comes with so many challenges, especially when you don't clash yourself as being very academic. It was, it was hard work for me. You know, you couldn't have a bad day. You can't leave training and then go and think about the football. You've got to leave training and then go have a full day at school. So <laughs> I think that almost helped me because it stopped me from focusing on the negatives of things. And, you know, you always have to switch off immediately and go to something else. So it did, it come with its own set of challenges, but again, ones that I think made me and shaped me to be who I am now. So that keeping yourself busy essentially was your route to positivity, your route to keeping yourself yeah. away from the negatives. Stop me from going focusing. crazy as well. Do you find a similar thing, Kaz? So at 16, when I moved away, I was doing my A-levels and then I did my degree and stuff like that. So I do think having those other things is like pretty fun. You meet different people in different circles as well because mm. you go into class and no one really cares that you play football, or not yeah. at the time anyway. You know, the people that you live with. I lived in a boarding house for two years. They don't really care what you mm. do. So you, you go out and play basketball in your spare time with them or table tennis in the, in the boarding room. Yeah, so I, I think that was pretty cool just, just being... I think it normalises things because mm. you can really get caught up in football. Like we spoke about mm. it to Leah that 
you know, is a loss the end of the world. Mm. No, is you know, is missing a penalty the really, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen to you in life? Probably not. So um, having other things, it kind of normalises you a little bit, yeah. which I don't know. I enjoyed, and I, I agree with you. It keeps you busy, yeah. and it keeps you sane, and I think that's pretty cool. I want to touch upon the idea of like when you move to another country, and you're playing with a different set of team, and everything's kind of different. Do you still draw upon the same connections with teammates to keep yourself, you know, either drawing it from a competitive point of view or drawing it from a support point of view? Did you kind of feel like you reset when you moved or was it quickly straight up? New, new team, new relationships? Um, yeah, I think it, especially when you move away because the characters are different. I think maybe the Americans won't understand my humour as well as the English girls will. Well. <laughs> or your accent. Oh, I know they struggled with mine and you've got a thick accent yeah, as well. Yeah, so I think that, that's hard. but. No, yeah, I think as long I never change, so I'm always me, no matter where I am, no matter what environment I'm in. If people don't like it or if they love it, like I'm never changing. So I think, for me, that's how I develop my relationships. But yeah, it is difficult when you when it's from people from another country. As much as you speak the same language as them, it sometimes doesn't feel that way. So mm. it is difficult, but yeah, I think I think I fit quite well into team environments and get along with most people. So it's quite easy to get some relationships going there. So obviously when talking about positivity, you kind of have to talk about negative moments to see how you came past them, how you came over them. Do you have any standout moments in your career so far that have really challenged you as a player and you've had to sort of dig deep to come out the other um, end better off? Yeah, I think, you know, you, you've had coaches that, I think everyone's had coaches that will have told them they're not going to make it or they're not going to make it to the top or whatever and things like that. And then obviously the moving to America was a tough one because, again, everyone said, don't do it, you'll regret it, don't do it, like, you're going to go play for a school that's lower than what you're playing at now and how's that going to get you to play for the seniors and things like that and those are challenges that you think you know even when you have a down day you're a bit like oh no I really maybe I shouldn't have come here but I'm having a really good time and I'm really enjoying it but maybe I really shouldn't do this you know and you have those questions in your mind and you know I remember not making the 2017 Euros and mm. I was gutted I thought I'd got back into the England setup I was going I was doing well and I just didn't make the squad and I was like oh, no like another like it's happened again, like what am I going to do now? But, you know, those are the experiences that, again, they make you grow and you can either grow or you can crumble and give up. And I think for me, I'm not the type of person to do that. I try harder and harder whenever I get a setback, which is why I said, like, being in a comfor comfortable environment isn't good for me because mm. I, I don't like being complacent. I like to be challenged every day. I like to be pushed and I like to push myself. And so I think even though there were negative experiences, they did end up turning positive. I've come back into the England setup. You know, I've been here for a little bit now and Again, I'm still in America and still living my dream and loving what I'm doing every day. So although there has been negatives, there's, there's been so many more positives that have come from that. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because it's a, a very different journey to what a lot of people have done. I think you, you took a big risk, like you said, mm. and it's, it's paid off for you. So what advice would you give for people who may be not approaching a similar decision in terms of moving abroad, but having that doubt or in themselves or whether this is something they can really go on and do what would you say to those people i think just again it sounds cheesy but just follow your your gut because there's only you that can make that decision you know you can get advice off your parents your family friends like teammates coaches whatever but everyone's going to have an opinion and everyone's going to throw in their two cents of what they think but ultimately you're the one that's going to be going on that journey for the rest of your time and you're the one that's in control you're the driver of your decision so i think yeah you can tap into them and you can take little pieces of their advice and little pieces of their experiences but Ultimately, you have to make that decision, and I think I believe I'm a firm believer of your gut tells you what the right thing to do is. So you know, and the worst case that happens is it's not for you, and you can come back, or it's not for you, and you can turn around again. So yeah, it's not the end of the world if you make a decision and it doesn't work out. But I think for me, just going with what your heart's telling you to do. 
there's enough pressure on yeah. your shoulders to play and then when you finish playing you get a readout that says you did or didn't do this you oh, did or didn't brutal. do that yeah how do you how do you keep like well sane? i just think it comes to be fair you, you can't really hide at this level can you like you can't hide you can't yeah. everyone's data is there or they're about pretty much the same like you if you're not running as much as the next person it's so obvious you know because it's so so high speed and it's constant so I, I don't think i don't think of that as a pressure at all but, but you know what like, though right so i've had like two different managers i won't say where and one time i probably didn't run that much because i just stood still in like little pockets and mm. i think i got like a goal or an assist or whatever and and uh no i say it was the same manager I, got, I stood in the pockets and got a goal and assist and he's like brilliant you haven't had to run that much mm. that's using your intelligence and then like six months later, you're not running enough and yeah. I'm not picking you. And you're like, I can't, I damned if we do, damned if we don't. And yeah. so it is, it is a pressure situation. We, we, we were talking to um, uh, Jaden Sancho a couple of weeks ago in the, like, one of the other chats. And he was saying that uh, he has this team that analyse his whole, whole entire performance. You know, how many times did he beat his man? How much did he run? Everything like that. And he looks at that and then kind of builds his analysis of his performance based on whether he completed his objectives or not. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of really interesting because it's, you know, I was expected it would just be a feeling. You get off the pitch, you know, yeah. like, you know, I had a good game. Like, it isn't the result we wanted, but I think I did everything I could. Yeah. But to then go, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, all right, yeah, I didn't have a good game, actually. Yeah. Like. I think that's crazy. really interesting. You never play as good as you, like when you watch it back, coaches say to me, you, you never think you've played as good as you did, but you never play as bad as you think either. Yeah. And like until you watch it or you analyse it and then you add it with stats, like you could like really think you had a great game and the reality is, oh, I gave the ball away a lot there or yeah. I really didn't help my teammate out or, um, you know, I might have scored a goal, but I've missed two great opportunities and we only drew and we could have won. And mm. I think that you do have to bring a bit of, um, your feeling is emotional. and I do think you have to bring a bit of rationality to it. So mm. I think someone else analysing it, getting stats involved, watching it back are really, really key parts yeah. of pushing you on to another level. Yeah, the idea, I like that, that phrase actually, that you're never, the game's never as good as you thought, but it's never as bad as you thought either. Uh, on the similar sort of level question, but a bit more personal for, question for you both. Same subject, but if you could tell yourself something 10 years ago, 15 years ago, however far you want to go back, what would you say? Honestly, nothing. I wouldn't have changed anything. I think I've, I've lived my life the way it was supposed to go. Great. Kaz? I'd say believe in myself a bit more. That would be a big theme for me, just to, like I said, play like, even if I was 30, play like I was a 16-year-old, play mm. like a kid every single day. But I think another one would just be believing myself a bit more. It's surprising how, like, when you come out of the game, people, they presume that footballers are really, really confident people, but the reality is we fake it till we make it a lot of the time. You know, when we're on the pitch, we're actors and actresses. You know, we put on a performance and we kind of celebrate and make out it's fantastic. And I think sometimes there's, there's an inner confidence that probably isn't there in certain people. And I think if I'd have known, if I'd do my re-journey again, I'd probably say believe in myself a bit more mm. to, to really get to another level. And I, I always think that probably held me back a little bit, not actually having that fuller confidence to be like, Sorry, what's the worst that's going to happen and play like you did when you were 16 or play like you did when you were 11 and mm. just play with a smile and just embrace it and go for it. So I think that's probably what I would tell myself a little bit more and just to literally go have fun. That's the biggest thing. I think that's the best thing about these chats because we've had so many different, uh, different stories, different ideas or different uh, methods that people use. But one thing that has come true throughout everyone 
is the idea of enjoying the game. Mm. Like, don't forget that the reason you do it. And did you still have that now? Is that really... Honestly, hearing Kaz say that, I'm just like, wow, I, I do that. Like, I need to take advice from Kaz because, yeah, you do, again, it is, you, you act and you make yourself believe that you're that as well. Like, I believe that, oh, no, I am confident. And then you go after the game, I'm like, no, I'm not at all. Like, I did not play confident. So it is, it is the same thing that Kaz says. And having the enjoyment is what makes you... You know, people people get to the England level because they do well at club, but they do well at club because they're confident, they're happy, they're free, they play week in, week out, they're training every day with the same people. It, it, it becomes more and more routine or easier sort of to adapt. Whereas you come to England, it's like you instantly put that amount of pressure on yourself. Whether mm. you know, even if no one around you is putting that pressure on you, I think as soon as you put this, represent this badge, you, you know, you, you put all that pressure on yourself. But it is true what Cass says. I think we do we do fake it a lot <laughs> and pretend that we're all confident and, and things like that. But it is it's all down to happiness and if you're enjoying yourself, I think that's when you play at your best. So that is it for Positively England. Thank you to Rachel for joining us for this episode, to my amazing co-hosts Karen Carney and Micah Richards, and of course to all of our excellent guests for being so open, honest, and revealing about their experiences. And thank you for listening, for taking this journey with us and joining the team. <laughs>